Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, tonight I want to talk to you, or today, I want to talk to you about um, being vigilant, what it means to be vigilant. I really believe that we are in a period of time in history, not unlike the rest of history that's been evil, but we're in a period of time in history where there's an onslaught, a flood of false information and, and uh, a, a degrading and tearing against the Word of God that as people of God, we have to stand up and understand that, that, uh, that uh, His truth is going to be attacked, and if I'm going to survive in this thing, I have, I've got to get grounded in the truth of God, and so we're going to have to be vigilant. You know, but before I, you know, sound too gloomy and doomy, I, I want, to, want you to know that I believe that we're right on the cusp of the greatest revival that the earth has ever seen. That means that God's Spirit is going to tear back the heavens, roll back the heavens, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come cascading down like a giant flood on us, and we're going to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. That means that the sweeping move of God is going to come across the world. It's going to come across the nations, and people are going to be swept into the kingdom of God. A mighty, mighty move of God. We've had him in the past, but I believe the greatest move to ever happen is going to happen right now. We're right on the edge of it. Uh, concurrently, though, with that, I believe that there's a great um, stupor, almost a darkness that would want to come on the earth so that we drift away from the things of God. I'm reminded of the, the ten virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom to come, and five of them ran out of oil completely, and five went and gathered more oil because the journey gets long or the journey gets uh, weary or whatever. And I, I really believe that now is not the time to be weary. Now is the time to be vigilant. Now is the time to tap into God, to tap into the things of God, to stir ourselves up. And so I, I don't see this as being just um, church as usual or Christianity as usual. I feel like we're in a time where, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is kind of rolling in over, over the, the horizon, but right now there's a great darkness that's filling the earth. And so I want to talk to you about what it means to be vigilant. We've been in the um, book of Matthew, and there's three chapters in the book of Matthew where the Sermon, of the, uh, Sermon on the Mount is outlined, and Jesus preaches the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7. But at the end of the sermon, Jesus is done telling us about all the different things uh, through chapter 5 and 6 and 7 about how to live and how to bless and how to serve and how to, how to love and, and how to give, how to be generous, and then, and then even how to pray. But then Jesus uh, also teaches us that uh, these are the things that you say, but this is what I say. You say this, but I say this. And I love these verses here in, in the Sermon on the Mount because God, Jesus knows he is speaking his, his words as though they are the commands of God. They're forceful. They're powerful. They're filled with authority. And um, the people were marveled at how he preached because his words were filled with authority. And, and God knows that he's God. That, that would be the subtitle of my message, that God knows he's God. We have to be vigilant to know that God hasn't, God hasn't blown away. God hasn't dried up. God, God has not been diminished. His word is not uh, outdated. No, no. He's God. He's unmovable. He has not moved. He has not changed. 
And so in Matthew, the seventh chapter, in verse 24, Jesus says this at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. What Jesus doesn't say is everyone who hears these words of mine and can align with them. Kind of can, you know, their, their truth and, and this truth kind of, they get it. Uh, he doesn't say you, you hear these words and you understand them. You agree with them. You, you can identify with them. No, he says you hear his words and you put them into practice. I, I sometimes don't understand everything that God is telling us in his word fully because God's word is eternal and, and we're finite and our brains are finite. But it takes faith to know that God is God. His word is eternal. His word is powerful. His word is life-giving. His word is miraculous. And so even though I don't understand everything about it, I, I believe God's word. It, it is my salvation. And so I trust in God's word. So he really is calling out those of us that are disciples. Everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man. You, you become the disciple of Christ. You're like a wise man who built his house on the rock, who built his house on the rock. You know, the, the rock is Jesus. In the Old Testament, the rock is capitalized all the time because uh, it, it's Christ in the Old Testament, the rock of our salvation. Th these are the ones that hear the words of God, put them into practice. We are, we are standing on a rock. We're, this is an immovable foundation of God's word. God's word is not only an immovable foundation, but I thank God it's a covering. It's powerful. It surrounds me. It's over me. It's a blessing. It's healing. It's strength. It's, it's mercy. I thank God that his, his word protects me. It's, his, it's a security for me. I run into the word of God. I run into the truth of God. I, I don't know everything, but I, I stand on his word. I'm like a wise man that says, you know what? God knows everything. I'm going to stand here. And so the Lord is telling us that his word is powerful. His sayings are powerful. His sayings are life-giving. His sayings are, are eternal. Now, the enemy would try to move you off of his sayings, move you away from the truth, move you off of the rock, move you out from underneath the covering. That covering is on me, on my house, on my family, on my children, on everything I touch, everything I do, that covering, that blessing, that healing, that strength, that protection. And the devil wants to move you off of that. He wants to challenge God's word and say, well, is it really true? You know, therefore, if everyone hears these words and agrees, I don't agree. I don't agree. Well, it doesn't say agree. I don't agree. You, you, you might think nobody on Twitter agrees with God's word. Nobody on Instagram agrees with God's word there. Like the devil. Did God really say? Sometimes you'll hear a college professor say that. Are you telling me God says that this is how it has to be done? Are you trying to say that God says that, you know, what kind of a God would say this? I mean, what kind of a God would say that? Well, you, you might not understand God. You might not believe in God. You might not have met God. You may not have been touched by God. And so that's why you're saying it like that. You're trying to mock the things of God. You're trying to diminish the things of God as though you're the authority. Me and everyone else on Twitter disagrees with God. 
You know, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. God's not afraid to say this is truth. He speaks like he's God. He knows he's God. But right now, all of society is being inundated, is being, is being um, reformed uh, in the image of man. And, and you're hearing it from every side of society. Whether it's the, 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 the sports industry or the entertainment industry or the education industry, the news industry, they're all industries. Education is an industry. But all of these aspects of society are in agreement that the ways of God and the things of God are passe. We come against the biblical values. We come against the, the values that we see in God's word. We come against what God says. God says this, but we disagree. And everything in sports is now going to disagree with, uh, because it's a different culture. We're trying to get this culture into your house, into your children, into everything you do, into everything you think. And so it's coming at you from, from every side. Everyone in Hollywood doesn't believe that about the word of God. We disagree with that. Everyone in the news media disagrees. This is pouring into our homes. And my challenge is to young men and women to stand up and to challenge this culture that is trying to wash away God's word, God's values, who we are in Christ, who God is. He's not some old, old-fashioned, out-of-date bigot. He's God. He's holy, he's mighty, he's powerful, he's eternal. And we've got to rise up now and raise our families in the midst of this culture that is counter to the things of God. But I, want, I want to say this. Uh, don't think that every college professor doesn't believe in the things of God. The most brilliant men and women in history believed in God, believed in the word of God. And we think we're smarter than them, or we think science now has proven that God isn't real. I'll tell you, science gets closer and closer to pointing to God. The more it discovers, the more it discovers there's something that we don't understand that's going on here. Anyway, that's beside the point. Whether or not science agrees or entertainment agrees or the news media agrees, it doesn't matter. God's word is true. God's word is powerful. It, the lie is that God's word is old. The lie is that it's out of date. The lie is that God's word brings bondage to me. It inhibits me. It's old-fashioned. It's prudish. Um, we've moved beyond. We're more enlightened now. We're more free. We throw off the, the, the chains of these things that, that, that hold us back. I want to be free. I want to do what I want. I want to I explore my own truth. And, and that's the lie, though. The lie is that the Bible is foolish. It's ridiculous. Where's, where's, where's God coming up with this now? I mean, I could, I could see it 5,000 years ago, but not today. But the truth, the truth of the matter is that God's word is powerful, it's freeing, and it's blessing. It's a blessing. It brings life. It brings prosperity. God's word is mighty. And it is your rock. It's your covering. So we have to challenge the culture that's trying to pour into our lives from every different angle. We have to challenge that culture. And I challenge it with the Word of God. And it's not enough to be hopeless. 
So some people are saying, you know, hey, what are you, you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, it, it's, it's coming at you from every direction. You know, all of Hollywood disagrees. What am I going to tell my kids? You know, everybody on TV believes this. What am I going to tell my kids? You know, I, 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 you're going to be old-fashioned. You're going to tell them they can't do this and they can't do that. What am I going to tell my kids? And the fact of the matter is, it's not, a, it's not an excuse to throw up your hands and be hopeless. You've got to be vigilant. God wants you to be a man and a woman of God and be vigilant and protect your house, protect your, your destiny, protect your, your, your heritage, to stand up and, and fight for what's right. In 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, it says this, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, to devour, looking for some family to devour, looking for some destiny to devour, looking for some house to devour, some heritage, some kids, some young people to devour. Be self-controlled and alert. You know, in the King James, I like that a little bit better. It says, be sober and vigilant. And the word vigilant literally means to rise up out of sleep, to rear up, to stand. It's as though you're on guard. Something's coming down the pike and you can sense it. And, and this is why I believe that it's not enough to be hopeless because you're sensing something. It's not enough to bury your head in the sand. You, you, you have no excuse because you're sensing something. And I, I know the Holy Spirit is telling us as, as Christians, be alert, open your eyes, put your spiritual antennas up and see if God's not saying something. See if there's something that's not coming down the pike. You know, uh, um, I went on a motorcycle trip a while back, a few years ago, and um, I got the notion, because I was going to camp out, and I, I had a little, this little tent and so forth, and I was going to camp out in the, in the woods, and I was going to go up to the Catskill Mountains on the first leg of the trip, and I got the notion that let me just uh, do a little bit of research and find out about black bears. Are there black bears, and, and, and what, what do you do about that? And so anyway, I type in the word black bears, and the first paragraph that comes up says um, the, the, the greatest uh, concentration of black bears is in the Catskill Mountains. I <laughs> said, oh, brother. So I had a machete and I had some bear spray. And I remember the first night that I was camping, up, camping out up in uh, the Catskill Mountains, I remembered that uh, every little sound I heard in the woods, I'll tell you, my eyes were this big. I was completely alert. My ears, I think my ears even were, you know, dialing in like uh, radar dishes. What was that? Where'd that come from? What direction? And I kept reaching over to my machete. Okay, it's right there. Okay, it's right there. Turn over it right there. Okay, I know right where it is. Here's the bear spray. Here's the machete. But I think that when it comes to spiritual things, there can come a spiritual dullness on the leaders of the home whether it's the father or the mother or both, there can come a spiritual dullness. And now is not the time to be dull. Now is the time to be alert, to stand guard, to have your senses exercised, to be tuned in. What's happening? What's coming down the pike? Because I believe that the Word of God is trying to be undermined. We don't believe this anymore. You can't say that. Don't say this. You can't say that in church. You can't pray that. You can't, you can't mention this. You can't say, there's, there's something that's coming down the pike and everybody's sensing it. I, I want to pray that the leaders of the homes, young men, young women, old men, 
old women. You're, you're not going to slip into a stupor and, and forget the fact that God wants you to be vigilant and alert, awake, able to discern what's, what's coming down the pike. I'm praying that God helps me keep a culture of the Holy Spirit, a culture of God, a culture of His Word, a culture of worship, a culture of holiness, a culture of, of, of discipline and, and righteousness in my, in my home. And, and you know, it, it doesn't mean that you have to have a church or, as a house. You don't have to have a church. You don't have to have stained glass windows in your home. But you do have to have the presence of God. You do have to have a, a, a culture of godliness in your home. And, and if you do, you, you're going to know when other stuff tries to come in. If, if demonic music tries to come in or demonic stuff tries to come in over the television or whatever, you're, you're going to rise up and a, a come against that thing. Conversations that you're going to have uh, take place in your house, people are going to know we, we serve the Lord. We love God. We, we, we think the house of God is great. We think the people of God are awesome. We, we have a love for God's word. We have a love for God's uh, house. We have a love for God's spirit. We love the things of God. We, we pray for revival. I don't want to grow cold. I want to get hot. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be pressing into the things of God. I don't want to be in a stupor. So this is, this is a warning to us that if you're sensing that, that something's out there that's changed over the past couple of years, the past five years, even, even with the pandemic and all that, that there, there's more happening in the spirit realm than we see in the natural realm. And so we, we can't unplug. We have to plug in. And we have to, we have to uh, uh, protect with the word of God our home, our families, our destiny, and who it is we are and who it is we're going to be. And, and, and it's not that we won't suffer persecution. It's not that, that, that there won't be a, 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 an onslaught against the Christian, against Christian churches. There might be an onslaught, but we're not going to waver. We're going to stand on the word of God. This is the rock. And, and, and everyone who obeys the sayings of the Lord and puts them into practice, they are going to be the ones that are going to prosper and be blessed. And so rebellion against God has always been challenged by God's people, by God's men and women. It says this in Joshua, the 24th chapter. In the 14th verse, now fear the Lord and serve him. Again, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Joshua. He's, Joshua is, is um, he's challenging the Israelites. But really, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Joshua, through these pages, to us. We're being challenged by the Holy Spirit through these words. And God would say this to us today. Now fear the Lord and serve him. I, I think that God has been relegated to being an old, weak sort of gentleman. That we love and we like him and we, we tolerate him. That's not how he's portrayed in the Bible. And that's why this, uh, this admonition here is to fear the Lord. A reverent fear that he is an awesome God. That his words are powerful. And when he speaks them, we obey. 
He is God. These are his commands. These are his words. When he speaks them, we obey. And not only do I believe his commands, but I believe his promises. Not only do I obey his commands, but I receive his promises. See, God's word is powerful on both ends. The Ten Commandments are powerful. The, the, the commandments that Jesus gives us in the Sermon on the Mount are powerful. But so are the promises of God. And that's why we're prospered as we, as we come under the Word of God, as we submit ourselves to the Word of God, we're prospered in that, but we're prospered under the promises as, as well. It's a very powerful, I'm protected by the law of God. I'm surrounded by the law of God. I'm, I'm strengthened by the law of God, but then I'm blessed by it as well. I'm prospered by it as well. I'm made the head and not the tail by it as well. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. You know, right now, I, I feel like people are kind of getting weary. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to... What's amazing about this is we come out of a religion that is dead. We come to the things of God that are alive. We live there for a little bit, and then we go back to a dead religion. Now I'm just going through the motions. Now I'm weary. I want to challenge you to come alive again, to be vigilant to be alert, to realize that the, the de devil is prowling around trying to take away the life that God has given you. And Joshua says, fear the Lord with all faithfulness and throw out the gods of your forefathers that they worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Throw out the gods of this culture. Throw it out. In verse 15, he goes on. And, and I love this because this sounds like God. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself another way. What, what's so amazing about this is that God extends salvation to us. You know, if we think about the, the story of the prodigal son, when he, was, uh, he went and he spent all of, his, all of his inheritance on riotous living and and uh, ends up in a pigsty, ends up in, in mud and, and feeding pigs. And he ends up in this, this very visibly terrible place, spiritually terrible place. He ends up in this terrible place and he says, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to go seek, see him. And as he does that, we see the picture of salvation. We come, out of the, we come out of the pigsty and we go to the father's house and we find salvation. The Bible also talks about going back, going back to the pigsty. Leaving the Lord is like going back to the pigsty. And I, I want to encourage people, listen, don't go back. If you came out of the world, don't go back. If you came out of the world, don't play on the edge and just say, you know what, um, a little party and a little, a little of this, a little of that, a little drink and a little... A little you know, party and a little, you know, it's not going to hurt. I mean, I still go to church and I still love the Lord and I still am lukewarm and I, I still ha hardly have any fire in my, in my heart. I, I st still hardly have any, any, any love for the things of God. Come on. We, we, have to, we have to understand that as we grow weary, as we grow weary, as the, the, the bridegroom took some time to come, what happened was uh, the people started to fall asleep. I pray the church is not to the place right now where we're beginning to fall asleep, especially on the cusp of a mighty coming revival. 
that's coming to the earth. I pray that we're on fire, that we're pressing in, that we're stirring ourselves up. We're not always going to be at the top of the mountain. We're not always going to be in that place, but stir yourself up. Be vigilant. Stand in the gap. Pray for your family. Pray for yourself. Come against the culture that's trying to leak into your home. Joshua says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You know, you've been without the Lord before. How does that feel? You know, can I, can I say this? I am not, I'm not thinking that the world has something that after you come to the Lord, after he rescues you out of the world, after he cleans you up, after he delivers you, after he cuts all the chains off of you, after he heals all the wounds, after he picks you up and he begins to, he begins to bless your life, I'm not thinking that, that the world has something that I yet need to experience. The world is calling, come back. Oh, we're, we're partying, we're having a great time, we're over here, we've, 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 we've dropped all the legalistics. Oh, come on, we've dropped all that. You know, the word, word of God is so old, it's so outdated, it's so ancient now, it's so, uh, it's so prudish. Come on, come back. I don't need to go back. I was there. Look, hold, hold on, I was there. I thank God he delivered me from it. You, you can't entice me with the stuff that I already, I already saw. It's like wanting to go back to the pig pen. And saying, you know, what, 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 a little bit of mud. It's, it's not going to hurt. A little bit of mud. Come on, everybody has a little bit of mud. Come on, everybody has a little bit of slop. Come on, everybody has a little bit of muck. This, this, come on, have a little bit of muck. I think Joshua was saying here, listen, if you need to go back, or if you need to go serve the God of the Amorites, but he says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, and I really believe that it takes a Joshua in the home to make that statement. As for me and for my house, we're going to be on fire for God. As for me and for my house, we're not going to be lukewarm. As for me and my house, we're not going to be, we're not going to be compromising all over the place. And I challenge the, the heads of the home, fathers, mothers, young leaders, I challenge you to stir yourself up and say, you know what? I, I'm going to press in and keep myself on fire for God. Keep myself plugged in. Keep myself a worshiper. You know, it's not every day you come to church and you feel great, but come and, and press in or press through and see if God doesn't bless that. As for me and my household, you know, uh, what's in your household is going to get on your kids. And if what's on your kids is a... Is a uh, an idea that God is on Sunday and the rest of the week we live however else. They've got the wrong idea. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be on fire for God. We're going to let the joy of the Lord be our strength. I'm going to pray for healing. We're going to pray uh, for deliverance. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit comes in a mighty way. Let the presence of God fill my house. I need help uh, having the, uh, the presence and the culture of God in my home. I need help, but I thank God he comes through. I need God's culture in my home. But you know, the more you experience God, not like the professor that's never met God, but the more you experience God, the more he's forgiven you, the more he's blessed you, the more he's walked with you, the more his word has come true time after time after time. 
the more he's blessed you in the little things and blessed you in the big things. You begin to trust God. I trust you now, God. I trust your word. I don't understand every single thing. I don't know why you say some of the things you say. I don't know why you uh, 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 caution us about some of the things you caution us on. Some of the things seem difficult to, 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 to comprehend, but I trust you, God, because every single other thing I've seen from your word has been a blessing. There may be some parts here that I don't fully understand, but I want to trust you, God, and know that your word is eternal. In Isaiah, the 30th chapter, it says this in verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, this is the way, walk in it. You know, I, I want God to speak to me like that. This is the way, walk this way, walk this way. I want to hear God give me direction. Uh, I think less and less of my opinion, more and more of his word. Less and less of, of, of my thought process, more and more of obedience. As I hear God say, this is the way, I will walk the prospered way. I will walk in God's blessings. I will walk in God's protection. I will walk in God's anointing. I will walk in, in, in you know, the, the, the gifts and the, the destiny that God has for me. I'll walk in that, not in my own way. I want to close with this verse here in 1 Corinthians. It says this, 1 Corinthians 2.12, We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God. I don't want the spirit of the world to counsel me. I don't want the spirit of the world to clue me in. I don't want the spirit of the world to enlighten me. I don't want to have the spirit of the world get on my marriage, in my home on my children. I don't want the spirit of the world to be in the church, on the leaders, on God's people. We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. I understand this free gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. I don't need to go back. I don't want to grow weary. The Bible says, neglect not so great a salvation. I don't want to neglect my salvation. I want to thank God for it. I want to believe that God has more for me. Spirit who is from God. And this is what we speak. This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Listen, you might not understand it. It's a spiritual truth. You might not understand it. Instagram might not understand it. TikTok might not understand it. Hollywood might not get it. But it's a spiritual truth spoken in spiritual words. And I receive it from the Lord. I do get it. Because I, haven't, I don't have the spirit of the world on me. I have the spirit of the Lord on me. So I get it. I pray that your heart is open to the spirit of God. Verse 14, he says this. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. This world cannot accept the things that come from God, for they are foolishness to him. That's why, that's why uh, people say, how, how on earth could God ever say this? How on earth could God ever believe that? How on earth? 
Could this possibly be from a loving God? But it says they're foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. They're spiritually understood. But not so with you. I pray that disciples of Christ hear the word of the Lord. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This walk isn't for everyone. This walk isn't for people who want to go this way and that way and follow the gods of this world, follow the gods of this culture. This walk is for those that want to be dedicated to the Lord and and realize, God, I know what salvation is. You rescued me from darkness. I thank you, God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. And now I want to walk with you all the days of my life. I want to challenge young men and women to be vigilant, to be steadfast, to be immovable on the rock of your salvation. God will come through for you. God will bless you. God will prosper you. Don't be weary. Don't fade. Don't backslide. Stay strong. And I pray that there's a culture of God in your home, over your children, over the destiny that's on their lives as well. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.